Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Addiction Treatments That Work. I'm your host, Kenneth Anderson. Tonight is May 10th, Thursday, 2012, and tonight our guest is Mason Tvert from Safer Choice. Before we start the show, I'm going to do a little blurb for our website and our book. Our website is hamsnetwork.org. We are a free-of-charge laylet support group for people who want to make any positive change in their drinking habits, from safer drinking to reduced drinking to quitting altogether. Our book is called How to Change Your Drinking, A Harm Reduction Guide to alcohol. It's available from Amazon. For more information, go to hamsnetwork.org slash book. Our guest tonight is Mason Twert. Uh, he is the co-founder and executive director of saferchoice.org, and he is the co-author of Marijuana is Safer, So Why Are We Driving People to Drink? He's right here waiting for us. So, Mason, how are you doing this evening? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for being on the show. Tell us a little bit about why you why you uh, started up SaferChoice.org um, and how all this came about. Sure. Uh, well, Safer started back in 2005 and was really inspired by a couple of very, very high, highly publicized alcohol overdose deaths that occurred on college campuses here in Colorado. Um, Basically, there were two students. One was a young woman who had drank basically herself to death during the course of a day of a college football game at Colorado State University. The other one was a young man who, during a fraternity hazing situation, drank to the point where he died. And it really got this issue in the news. And yet we had recognized that colleges around the country, including here in Colorado, are punishing students who do choose to use marijuana instead of drinking, and they're really driving students toward drinking with harsher penalties for marijuana use and really promoting the so-called culture of alcohol that they say they want to address. So our our goal is really to, to, to bring this to light, to bring not just campus policies but laws in general that that steer people away from making the safer choice to use marijuana and towards drinking and, and all the problems associated with it and uh, educating the public about the facts surrounding these two popular substances. Well, that's a really important point. I know that uh, Students for Sensible Drug Policy is also looking to, uh, you know, get parity on campus between uh, punishments for alcohol and marijuana and not make them, you know, so disparate. Um, have you ever uh, been in any cooperation with those guys? Yeah, those are actually uh, campaigns that were inspired by Safer's campaigns, and we've worked with those students on many of those occasions. Um, following the passage of student referenda questions here in Colorado, we passed measures at both of these schools where students died. Uh, students voted overwhelmingly to tell the administrators that they don't think they should be punished more for marijuana than for alcohol. Uh, we also saw these measures then pass at about a dozen more colleges around the country, including several of the largest. So uh, we've worked with uh, SSDP chapters, we've worked with normal chapters, and uh, and students in general to to you know really bring attention to this issue. So, is there any danger of death from overdose from marijuana? No, there isn't. Uh, you know, the, we we've never seen evidence of a single marijuana overdose death in history. And so, you know, compared to alcohol, where we see approximately 300 or more. Sorry about that. We, we see approximately 300 or more every single year. Uh, it's really uh, pretty staggering. Uh, not only do we see three, 300 overdose deaths, we see about 30, 37,000 or more deaths in general, purely from the use of alcohol. So that's not 
traffic accidents or people falling off balconies or homicides. We're talking about just from use, about 30,000 plus deaths compared to marijuana, which is zero. Uh, the Centers for Disease Control doesn't even list the word marijuana anywhere uh, on its site when it comes to discussion of, of death. So what are some of the specific ways that marijuana use is safer than alcohol use? Well, the obvious is, is the one that we just addressed, which would be toxicity, uh, whereas they find that um, using just 10 times the so-called effective dose of alcohol or the desired dose, someone can die, whereas with marijuana, it's projected at thousands of times the effective dose. So essentially, um, for someone to die of marijuana, they would literally have to use an amount that is not physically possible to consume. So, um, it, you know, as a um, a, a uh, former police chief, Norm Stamper, who wrote the foreword to our book, um, as I've heard him say before, the only way that marijuana can kill you is if they drop it off the top of a building and it lands on your head. Um, so really, um, we, we don't see these types of deaths. We don't see these types of diseases. We know alcohol contributes significantly to various forms of cancer, to uh, cirrhosis of the liver. And a lot of people don't really, are not aware of the fact that even moderate alcohol use, while it does have some benefits, we always hear about red wine and, and uh, antioxidants and that sort of thing, even drinking just once or twice a week for people prone to breast cancer makes it far more likely that they're going to acquire that cancer. And that's something that we don't really hear about too often. Whereas with marijuana, we have never seen a person diagnosed with cancer as a result of marijuana use, uh, contrary to you know popular belief and increasingly less popular belief, uh, there's never been an incident of marijuana, a marijuana-only smoker acquiring lung cancer as a result of their marijuana use. And we also have seen a great deal of evidence that marijuana is far less addictive than alcohol. And obviously, you know, people can, can uh, develop a dependency and problems with any substance, uh, let alone uh, non-substances, things like sex, for example. Um, but we don't see the same type of, of physical withdrawal and, and dependence that we do with alcohol. Um, for example, alcohol uh, withdrawal can be fatal. Um, Amy Winehouse, the very popular singer who recently died, uh, was widely reported that she died of alcoholism, but what she really died of was drinking nonstop and then stopping immediately in her tracks, and as a result, uh, she died. Yeah, alcohol withdrawal is a very dangerous thing. Um, well, I want to ask you another thing. Since you mentioned smoking, um, there's still some controversy about is smoking marijuana safe or not safe, but are there other ways to ingest it? There absolutely are. And while marijuana use um, in the short term, it certainly does have some effects. Obviously, um, it is going to you know bring about potentially some shortness of breath and, and so on. But what we found is that those effects do not last long term in people who stop using marijuana, whether they've been using it daily for years and stop or whether they used it once and stop, do not have uh, long term damage. In fact, like I said, there's never been a case of lung cancer associated with marijuana. And that's because they find that, that marijuana actually has a lot of properties that prevent the formation of, of the cells that end up becoming cancerous tumors. Um, but there are many other ways to use marijuana, and we see them becoming more and more popular, particularly vaporization, which is a way of using marijuana without combusting it. So you're essentially heating it up to the point where it releases uh, a vapor that contains its uh, active chemicals, but it's not actually burning, and so you're not ingesting smoke. 
and it, it really has been quite a blessing for a lot of folks, uh, medical marijuana uh, patients who are not able to to smoke marijuana because, for example, if they um, have excessive pain, they don't want to start coughing because that would really be damaging. Um, and then we also see a lot of developments when it comes to uh, manufactured products, so things like edibles. So, you know, here in Colorado, which is a medical marijuana state with a thriving industry, we see all sorts of product development taking place where there's everything from not just your typical brownies and, and candies as we've seen in the past, but now we're seeing tinctures and we're seeing balms that can be used as topicals. We're seeing um, also, you know, mouth sprays. We're seeing all sorts of things that people can use uh, in order to get the uh, therapeutic benefit of marijuana without having to smoke. Do you have any specific campaigns or initiatives that you're working on right now? Yeah, right now I am the co-director of a statewide ballot initiative here in Colorado uh, that would end marijuana prohibition at the state level and regulate marijuana like alcohol. And it's known as Amendment 64. It'll be on this November's ballot. And it's really quite a historic effort. Um, we really have the best chance in history to make marijuana legal in a state and start treating it like alcohol. And it's getting a whole lot of support. Uh, we recently got the official support of the state Democratic Party, uh, the ACLU and the Criminal Defense Bar and, and uh, others are also on board. And uh, it's really picking up steam. So it's, it's very exciting. And uh, we're we're looking forward to the next six months of talking to, to, to voters about this issue. In particular, one of the things we are doing is really focusing on having a, a very public discussion about the relative harms of marijuana and alcohol because we're confident that if more people just understand the facts about these two substances and are aware of the fact and appreciate the fact that marijuana is less harmful than alcohol and it, it really makes no sense to punish an adult who is simply using a safer substance than alcohol, um, we're confident that we're going to win. Well, I have to agree that for many people, uh, marijuana is a safer substitute, and particularly if people are having withdrawal syndrome when they drink or if they get in fights or if they have liver problems, it's a safer thing to switch to. As I've said many times myself, I can't smoke marijuana. It always makes me immediately depressed, so it's not a good substitute for me. But I've recommended it for many other people who have had other problems with alcohol, and they've reported a great deal of success. Absolutely. And, you know, given the nature of the organization uh, SAFER, which is talking about uh, using marijuana as an alternative, uh, we hear from people all the time who have various stories, whether they uh, are former alcoholics, whether they uh, had family members who had alcohol problems or died of alcohol-related problems, um, so therefore they're trying to avoid that. Uh, one of the more interesting ones that I frequently have heard uh, on occasion is uh, from veterans, and particularly active service members, believe it or not. Um, I've heard from, from folks who are in the armed services uh, who relay stories of being abroad, uh, being in the Middle East, and they tell me about how a lot of their a lot of their uh, fellow soldiers drink during their time off or what have you, and really oftentimes become incapacitated. And if God forbid something were to happen, whatever it might be, and they were forced to take some sort of action, they would really just be completely incapacitated and unable to do that. Whereas other soldiers 
in the Middle East use hash. They find it around, obviously, and, uh, you know, they're in a situation where they're trying to relax during their downtime, and when they are using hash or marijuana, basically, they find that they can be responsive and that they are still together and able to handle something if it were to go go down. So that's another just kind of interesting little anecdote they've heard because, you know, it's just alcohol really makes it difficult for people to function once they've had too much. Um, it affects your emotions. It affects your uh, your motor skills. And when it comes to marijuana, it's not nearly as pronounced well, that's absolutely true. Alcohol has to be one of the most incapacitating drugs that we know of. Uh, it's more incapacitating than opiates or cocaine or the other hard drugs that are illegal, much less marijuana. About the only thing that comes close is uh, anesthetics or things like ether. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, that's one of the biggest issues is that, um, we we are seeing getting back to the campuses. You know, alcohol is considered one of the is the number one most used substance when it comes to drug facilitated uh, rape and sexual assaults. And so, whether it's because um, someone is getting too drunk that they can't keep control of their behavior and they get too aggressive, or whether it's someone who gets too drunk that they can't defend themselves if someone else is getting that way. Um, we know that it's a significant problem, yet we never really hear about that being a, a, a problem with marijuana. Um, and, and obviously, this is not to say that alcohol causes uh, sexual violence, sexual assault, or, or domestic violence for that matter. It doesn't cause it. But it is well known to be a very significant contributing factor. So if there is an individual prone to violent behavior or aggressive behavior, alcohol makes it far more likely that they're going to act on it, whereas marijuana does not, and in many cases, what they find is that it makes people less likely to become aggressive and violent, and that obviously fits the stereotype of the, the stoned person who is just, you know, happy-go-lucky and not wanting to, to get, you know, get into a conflict, but it just, it is true. It's just the case. Now tell us a little bit about your book. Sure. Um, the book is titled Marijuana is Safer, So Why Are We Driving People to Drink? And I co-authored it with a couple colleagues, uh, Paul Armentano, who is the deputy director of the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws, otherwise known as NORML, and Steve Fox, who co-founded Safer and is currently at the Marijuana Policy Project. And really what we wanted to do was, along with providing all the most up-to-date information and research about marijuana and about alcohol, we wanted to get people thinking about these two substances, about why they're similar and about why they're different. Um, so we, we really not just discuss the facts, but we talk about how marijuana use came about and how alcohol use came about and their histories. And what we find is that they've both been around for a very, very long time, and they're both substances that are widely used and used for many of the same reasons, whether it's relaxing after work, socializing with friends, uh, whatever it might be, uh, enhancing a concert or, or whatever, um, we find that people really, in most cases, use these two substances for the same reason, yet they've had very different experiences, uh, whereas we tried alcohol prohibition and it failed, and we've decided to embrace alcohol use and allow it. Uh, we have gone the other direction with marijuana, and we prohibited it, and we have been fighting it in this country for years. 
And as a result, we've really produced this alcohol-based culture in society where, you know, you can go to the ball game at, here in Colorado, you go to Coors Field, and you can get a beer, and you can drink it in front of kids, and, and you can, uh, you know, go home and watch the ball game on TV, and there's beer commercials, and it's really just, um, you know, not considered a problem. Uh, for example, our president uh, and our and uh, Hillary Clinton and, and so on, they, they generally use going to bars and drinking with the, you know, the common man as a photo opportunity to show how normal they are. Um, they hold, you know, fundraisers where they're all based around cocktails. I mean, we really live in this alcohol-based culture, whereas marijuana we've completely shunned. And in doing so, we're really steering people towards drinking and away from otherwise making a safer choice to use marijuana. And it's very dangerous uh, and, and, and intellectually dishonest policy. So we just want people to start thinking about that. And, and so looking at how these drugs are treated differently, but why they're used for the same reasons. And then, of course, looking at how they have very dramatically different effects on people. And so, you know, we give them the facts, we get them thinking about this, and then in the end, we really give them some opportunities to, to take action and, and start this discussion and, and start changing the way people think. Okay, I know you have to leave in a minute, but before you go, tell us how to get a hold of you on the web, on Facebook, however. Sure, thank you for asking. Um, you can find out more about SAFER at saferchoice.org. And the campaign here in Colorado, it is very exciting. Whether you're in Colorado or not, you have opportunities to help. So you can find out more about that at regulatemarijuana.org. So that's Safer Choice and Regulate Marijuana. Those are two different websites, .org. And, of course, our book is, is right now available for about $10 on Amazon. So you just do a search for Marijuana is Safer, and uh, it's done really well there. So check that out. Okay, I want to thank you very much for being our guest tonight, Mason Twerk from Safer.org. And everyone, come back next week. Uh, our guest will be Dr. Joseph Nowinski, who is the author of Almost Alcoholic and who was also the author of the 12-Step Facilitation Therapy Manual from Project Match. It will be very interesting. So thank you all and good night. <laughs>